Mythology, a new podcast celebrating the culture and history of the island of Ibiza. I'm Bill Beecham, an Ibiza-based journalist, and in each podcast I will interview Ibithans who are contributing in some way to the life and culture of this diverse island. Up in the wild hills above Santa Agnes in the north of Ibiza dwells an extraordinary musician and instrument maker. Pere Verges welcomed me into his primitive finca one summer evening and talk to me about his life and philosophy. During the recording, he plays a selection of his unusual and unique stringed and woodwind instruments. As you'll hear, some of the sounds are really like nothing you'd have witnessed before. Our discussion then touches on Ibiza, past and present, as well as his definition of real music. As I am a lover of dance music, we didn't see eye to eye on this, and this made for a pretty lively conversation. For Pere, Real music should not be tampered with by electronics. He also blames the dance music industry for many of Ibiza's current problems. Let's join Pere now as he creates some pretty mind-blowing music. See that pedal? That was yeah. that's it. You see? Amazing. So I can use this shootery box. So that enables you to play another instrument at the same time, I guess, does it? Yeah, of course. So I electrify it and then it sounds really wow. incredible. You want to hear an electric? Yeah, go on. <laughs> You're not against it? <laughs> I mean, they're really crazy things with this.
incredible how it sounds like this. That reminds me of um, Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd never did anything like this. <laughs> <laughs> they wish. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like kind of that stuff like that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of those. I'm, I like Pink Floyd, but the the one with Sid Barrett. Oh yeah, the early. The Pink rest Floyd. I can't be bothered with. Really, it's, it's too. I don't know how to explain. The wall, I like the wall. The wall, yeah, it's very depressing, but yeah. yeah. And, then, and then I've got this thing. This is it. Oops. A lute. Well, I made this thing. It's uh, kind of a lute, but it has the bridges like a, like a sitar would have, right? Okay. So. And you've got that on a um, on a, a loop, have you? Well, that's not exactly a loop, but it's like a, a reverse, and it kind of keeps it for a while. Yeah. And then it, it fades away. Then uh, you don't have to have it all the time. How, how did you get into doing all of this? How did I get into doing all of this? Yeah. Well, well not all. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if that's a good question. Is that a good question? How did I get into all of this? Um, how would anybody answer that? Perhaps you could tell me about your musical journey then. Where, where did your love of music come from? Well, well, since I was very young, I guess, yeah, seven or eight years old or something, I started already messing around with things. Guitars? Well, guitars came a little bit later when I was like 12 or something. Mm -hmm. Or 13, 12, 13, I don't remember exactly. Yeah. But toy guitars. Yes. Well, guitars are expensive for a child. 
to uh, get hold well, of. Yeah, but, but I mean, that's back in, in 1960 or something, so. Mm. Where, where, where were you brought up? Well, I was born in Barcelona. Okay. And then I spent like five, six years in, in England. That's why I speak English. Okay. That's good reason. <laughs> Perfect accent. <laughs> in, uh, in, in, in a boarding school, so most of the time I was there. In the very old-fashioned kind of boarding schools, you know, English very, okay. very strict. Victorian. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Mm -hmm. Very cold, the food was very bad. <laughs> Got beaten, stuff like that, wow. you know. And I was, it was tough, but uh, I don't know. That's what happened. So mm. that's it. So you survived that. And did did you start playing music d during that time? I don't imagine it was a very creative place, a, bo a boarding school. Like yeah, that. well, that's actually got my first kind of initiation there in music, actually, because. Uh, like this, the schoolmaster, he, he would take us to, to lunch, and like three of us or something like that. And then uh, one day he, he put on the television and we all thought, oh my God, no, is it going to be Winston Churchill's burial or something? You know, because they, they made us watch things like that, you know, they yeah. last for hours. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but hey. We, we used to go to church and, and the mass was like one and a half hours long, you know. <laughs> so, you know. Time was different in those days, I guess. Mm -hmm. So he turns on the TV and then he puts on the, um, it was Ready, Steady, Go. So and then we saw the animals and the pretty things and the Rolling Stones and Beatles. And, you know, all of a sudden all these things, you know, wow, you know. Yeah. So when we got back to school, you know, like we were like 11 years old or 10, 10 or 11 or something. And me and a friend, we said, oh, we got to start a band right away, you know, so... So we had these big tins where we used to keep uh, sweets and stuff, and so the empty ones that would be the drums. And then we had we had to have a comb. It was like you had to have it. Mm -hmm. So we had a comb and a piece of toilet paper, and you'd make a kazoo, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's uh, that was our first band. You know, we <laughs> even had a name. I don't remember. But but instead of going out to play with the other guys, you know, we <laughs> stay inside and bang away. Wow. <laughs> that was like the beginning. Well, I mean, that's that's very um, forward thinking of this school teacher to yeah, expose you to that music. Yeah, it was amazing. But this guy was a special. He was really special. I mean, I'm really glad I, I, I met this guy. You know, he was like my first. Uh, this guy, he could paint. He could uh, he could write with both hands at the same time, mm -hmm. and we had to write with with ink. You know, and you know, um, fountain pen. Not even fountain pen. The the what do you call the other one? And a quill. Yeah. So, so I mean, that was like, and he, he was art teacher as well, and he was a musician, uh, he was a good sports guy, and, you know, he was like everything. Yeah. And uh, I, I came, I was quite friendly with him. I mean, I mean, not friendly, you know, in the way friend, but he was, we had a good connection. Mm. So I, I still remember him up to this day, you know, that it, the other yeah, guys are more or less, yeah, I remember the funny things, but yeah. not. But this guy, I mean, he was like, like in life you get, what I've discovered now, you get different teachers at certain points of your life, you know, and he was like one of them, right? Important one as well, you know. Your formative years. Yeah. Yeah. So, really happy with, with that. And then what, what happened after the boarding school? Then you came back to Spain? Then I came back to Spain and I spent like, like, four years more or less uh, in, in school and, uh, and then like three months in university and that was it. No more studies for me because mm. I'm not a really good student, you know, I'm really bad. Mm. You know, it's just couldn't get anything into my head really. And you, well, you weren't studying music then? Not even for music, I think. I mean, it's I I actually do music in an intuitive kind of way. Okay. Which I guess is a shame because I should be able to. Well, I can write a little bit and read a little bit now, but not really a lot. That. So how how then do you do you just taught yourself? 
I taught, how to play. Basically, I taught myself. When I had one year, I had uh, when I was sixteen or something. I I took lessons for with a classical guitar play, uh, guitarist for about for one year. That's it, and that was good. Yeah, no, it was okay. But that's not a lot. I mean, one year is nothing really. Did you? end up in Ibiza fairly quickly after that or was that much later oh on? Oh my god, life? I don't know, I don't know. I've been coming to Ibiza since I was like first time I came here I was thirteen. So that must have been in nineteen nineteen sixty six. And then I came back later on, about a year or two later or fifteen and and then I came back again when I was twenty one or something like that or twenty and I stayed for about a year, and then I went away to Canary Islands in North America, and then in, in Mallorca, and then in the mainland, and then Ibiza. That was about 30-something years ago. So you must have been, like me, just starting to fall in love with it each time you came back, and feeling this urge to I don't to know return. about this thing about falling in love, uh, but... Uh, yeah, I like this place. I mean, I've lived here half of my life now. The problem is, uh, well, if you don't own a place here, you know, they, they want to sell everything for a lot of money. You know, billionaires, millionaires are worried nowadays, you know, because the billionaires are coming, you know, they're going to take over. Yeah, yeah it's a different uh, different fish. <laughs> well, any, any, old, any old thinker's worth a minimum, minimum of a million these days, isn't it? Well, much more than that, actually. Yeah. They sell for incredible prices. They're really not worth it. Mm. It isn't. And then they usually... They don't like it like it is. This, is. this is house where I live. It's a very old one. And I keep maintain it like in a traditional way because I know a little bit about this. After all these years, I learned a lot about the Bithenkan way of life and the old one, not the new one. So, like, for example, the roofs... Uh, they have earth on them. I have a cave. I dug, I dig up this earth, and I put every year. I put the, the and it's perfect. That you don't, you know, it's very good. Mm. It it makes the water clean as well. So, and it's not expensive to maintain a house like this. You know, it's a house made of uh, of earth and um, lime, uh, stones. The Sabinas, um, pine, a little bit. You know, materials that were around the place. How old do you think this one is? I really have no idea, but I guess probably 200 or more. Yeah. Some parts of because the houses, they're never built in, you know, like in one year. You know, they take many years to build a house. So probably one room is from one time and then put another one. Yeah, you know, that was when people were free to do whatever they wanted to do. Mm. Yeah, you know, mind you, they were, houses didn't fall down. There were no accidents. And how long have you lived in this one? <laughs> have you lived here for a long about time? thirty years now. Ah. Yeah, but uh, you know, the, they want to sell this house. It's not my house, you know. So, oh, okay. it's, so I'm just hoping somebody uh, intelligent will buy it. You know, but the thing it's in a protected area. You know, and fortunately, nobody's going to be able to to really change anything in this house, not anymore, you know, unless the laws change again, you know, and then mm. probably somebody, some rich guy buys this place, first thing they want to do is they put their imprint in it, you know, they throw the whole thing down, you know, tear it down, everything, walls down, put a lot of cement in it, and, mm. you know, who wants to live like I do nowadays? Nobody. I'm a relic, <laughs> so I have to go. <laughs> well, You're going to shoot this all. <laughs> how secure are you here? Huh? How secure are you? I mean, can you, have you got a right, right to stay here? Have you got any rights? Have I got a right to stay? I really don't know for sure. Huh? Mm. That I'm not really worried. I feel bad about some things, but, but the whole world is crazy anyway. Mm. I mean, to be human is to be partly crazy. And waking up from that madness is, I think, probably the object of this life, you know. And then it's through many mistakes that you make and all that stuff. But those mistakes eventually, you know, like, they, 
if you have a, a right mind, you know, that's that's the important thing to have to think in the right way. I'd say, you know, have have the right kind of thoughts and to listen to your body, you know, and your age as well. Your age body has different ways of thinking so it's not the same when you're 15 20 30 40 50 60 and on you know you have different needs mm. and and a different object it's a different thing altogether so you're a different person all the time so um, just a question of looking at that and not try you know you're 60 or something and you don't try to be like when you're 30 you know mm. it's much better to be 60 actually <laughs> yeah. If yeah. you know, you you feel well. I don't know how old are you. Sixty-six. Uh, oh, okay. So do you you feel like you're uh, in in a in a good place now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel I'm in a good place. It's one. I mean, but you better feel like you're in a good place. I mean, otherwise, it's not going to work. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the object of this, you know, I'm, okay, now I'm in the last part of my life now. So I've developed all this interest in music. I make musical instruments. Uh, I play a lot of music and invent things, you know, like this violin I was playing here. This is uh, something I worked out. And I have a bunch of other instruments as well. Look, look at this one. Okay, great. This is something I... Originally an Indian instrument, but uh, I kind of developed it in a different way, you know, make it really comfortable and good. It, was, it comes from a very primitive kind of instrument, so I kind mm -hmm. of make primitive instruments, but within a in a developed way. You know. So, so where, where do you get the ideas from for the instruments? No, well, the, this is, it already exists. Okay. This one exists already. And where do you get the ideas from the other ones? I don't, you know, I don't know. Where do you get the idea of anything? Do you know? Just different influences, <laughs> I suppose. From the, from the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is like a, a lighter. I think it might not be in tune. Wait. From like the the ancient Greek uh, lighters, you know, you've oh, seen right, pictures yeah, of yeah. that stuff, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I do it with different materials and stuff. You know, I don't I don't kind of sit down and and copy exactly how it was made and with you know you like you ask me what kind of wood this is. Uh, some things I know, some things I don't know what it is. It's just something that's there. I use it. Mo a lot of the stuff like the century plant I use a lot, which is the pita. You know what that is? No, well, it's... Actually, I used to make, at the beginning, a lot of drums. This is, this is a cactus that grows... Uh, it's really light. Yeah. You see, touch it. That's great, isn't it's it? Not, and it's very, very strong, because... And these grow in developed, Yeah, it grows here, but I mean, it, it doesn't grow like this. You have mm. to clean it up, and it, uh, you can only use it when it's dead. 
Mm -hmm. So that was one good thing about it. You don't have to take down a tree or anything. Uh, it's much easier anyway. But then we had to have a reinforcement inside, uh, a special one that I do. And so I'm very happy with this. I mean, I've developed a, an instrument that, I mean, it's a drumming. Drums exist, but not this kind of drumming didn't exist before. So together with a friend of mine, Yaron, you know, he makes wonderful musical instruments. So we're good friends and we develop things together. This is one of the things we did together. It's small, but it sounds just as good as a big, as a big drum, you know? And what do you do with the instruments? Do you, do you aim to sort of sell them or just use them? Yeah, yeah, I sell them once in a while if somebody wants to buy them. Yeah. I used to sell in the markets, but uh, eventually, well, these, these things, they don't really sell in the market. I mean, people that go to the markets don't really buy those kind of things anymore. They used to sell a lot of drums, but then, but drums, okay, the drums, this guy about, I don't know, almost 30 years ago, he came from Ghana and he was playing this big djembe with these other guys from Holland or Germany. No, Germany, I think they were, yeah. They had like a group and he showed us how to put on the skins on, on and the, the rings and the, on the knots that go on the drum and everything. And nobody was doing this here before. So we started doing this together with Yarun and developed this with this instead of wood. And I eventually developed a, a kind of um, a mixture to make this really strong. It's really strong like it is. It, I mean, in a hundred years, you keep it properly, it'll be the same as it is now. So, it's good. What sort of skin is this? That's goat skin. Uh-huh. Yeah, we also, I also clean the goat skins. Mm. Uh, and that's, I involved myself 100% in all that stuff, you know. Well, none of it's going to waste. That's a, that's a good thing. Huh? You know, you're not wasting the skin. I'm sure all the meat's eaten as well. No, no, of course, of course. Yeah. But now, now, now I've come to a point, I don't I really want to do that anymore. Yeah. I'll do it if I have to only, but I'm not happy, I've never actually been happy killing anything, but it has to be done once in a while. So you came, you came, you settled here well, over 30 years ago, and um, what have you been doing uh, like, for, for work over those years? Yeah, making, music? making musical instruments mostly, mm -hmm. and then, yeah, woodwork and uh, mostly artisan work. Yeah, you know, I work with my hands, and mm. and I'm talking about music. What are some of your uh, like your your favorite musicians or musicians you've had an influence on your music? You I say? don't know, influence lots of them, I guess. But um, I started off liking the Beatles and Rolling Stones, and then the then Charlie Hooker and Jimi Hendrix, that kind of stuff like that. Um, you know, and then this guy, Moondog, you know Moondog? No, I haven't heard of Moondog. Oh, he's a genius. Yeah, this guy's a genius. Sounds, look sounds him like up, look him up. I he, will. You'll be interested in this okay. guy. He's got a good story as well. It sounds like you've got various influences. You, you like blues, rock and roll. And classics I like also. And uh, Indian music and folkloric music. And John Ramborn, you know, mm. people like that. You know, Pentangle, remember that group? Yeah. Yeah. Well, these guys, uh, I, I like a big variety of music, actually, a lot, different stuff. But in the end, it's what real music is, is what you play. I mean, real music can only be performed, and it's, that's it. And then it probably just travels in the ether or something in space. So it might just as well be good what you're doing, because it's going to, cat sound is going to carry on being heard so if it's a it's a good vibration it, it it does some good for the for the for existence i'd say yeah dispels the darkness it's amazing to think of all that music that's been played over the centuries and it's all vibrating out there through the ether yeah it probably still. is probably is if it's worthwhile i guess hmm. i think it's something where real rubbish doesn't it just uh, dissolves again <laughs> <laughs> Do you, do you play uh, like in a band now? Have you got much live performance? Um, up to now, yeah, more or less. But I kind of 
uh, finished about a couple, few months ago, the, the band, uh, but I had a band for a while, yeah. Flecha Negra. I've seen it. You've I, seen I did it? some research on you, you see. Where? I, I found a performance that you were doing at a music festival. But now, I don't know, I kind of uh, don't have a band anymore. I like to perform places where people are listening. Not, you know, bars and background music. I mean, all that stuff, it's not really music anymore. Oh, play something by the Rolling Stones. Oh, play something by the... And then in the end you'd play, yeah, oh, yeah, sure. And then you play your own music and they say, well, what was that? Oh, you don't know it, but that's it, you know. Oh, that was Van Morrison. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> do, you, do you write a lot of your own music as well, then? I've, I've songs. Songs. Yeah, and the, the, the music sometimes, I write, write down the music, is a bit more tricky, yeah, because you don't really know a lot about it, but mm. by memory, that's what I, I keep it by memory, which is good enough. I mean, who cares? Well, I hope someone's recorded it. I've recorded some things, yes, yeah. I have. But it's not really the, the... The thing is when you play live, that's real music, when you do it at the moment. There's nothing... The other one is it's record. It's a record which comes from the Latin recordare, which means remember, right? So it's something that you can remember. It's a, re a record, which is nice. I enjoy it also, but it's not real music. I realize that. It's fun. I think vinyl comes quite close, doesn't it? Because you have got a physical... It, yeah, the, the vinyl comes close because it, yeah, it's a bit more physical and the sound is, is, is immensely better. And even if it has cracks and but real music, you 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 turn it off. Real music, you can't turn it off. You know, well, you can shoot the, the player if you want. You know, you get rid of them, or kick him out. Yeah. But <laughs> hopefully not. <laughs> well, and I noticed because I, I I saw you performing a few weeks ago in San Lorenzo, it was a, like a poetry reading. Oh, right, right. That's a different uh, concept we're doing, yeah. Yeah, and you're, and you're accompanying the, the poet. Yeah. And just ad-libbing, I guess, is it? Just uh, what, you're, you're, you're playing what comes into your head as you hear the words. Is that, is that how that More works? or less, yes. Yeah. Well, I more or less worked out what I was going to do, but it, it goes along with... When you play with, with music with someone who's reading poetry or speaking poetry, it's like you have to blend into the rhythm of the guy and so it makes it easier for him. But I mean, all these people we, we practiced okay. because not everybody, most people don't know how to read poetry or perform. You know, it's, it's, but these people thought if, I, if we do something together, it's got to be right. Otherwise, I'm not in. And I think it, it was worse, was it? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, you could hear the words perfectly and your music. Yeah, you know, okay. N so neither that, was overpowering the other. Yeah, that, that was the object of the whole thing. I mean, uh, I got it really worked out in that way. We should probably, or some, I don't know, there should be a place or a, few, a couple of places where people would just go and listen to music. Like what we did, the poetry thing. Mm. Maybe there. That could be a good place to organise something like that. But then just for just for the sake of doing it. What do you think of the music scene in Ibiza now, at the moment? You want me to get into trouble, huh? You could speak your mind. <laughs> music. Yeah, well, like I said, music is live music, performed by people. All this DJ stuff, where they, they call it music, it isn't music in any way. It's rubbish, for a start. Yeah, you're going to hate me for that? Okay, so eh? But it's, it isn't really music. Entitled to their view, but they're not playing records, they're often they're creating sounds. Electronic, yeah, recorded stuff. Well, often they're, they're creating, they're, they're using um, synthesizers to create music on the spot. They're not just blending one record into the other. They're good DJs, so maybe some of it is live. Well, it's still okay. Let's take it down one step further than uh, acoustic. Okay, give me an acoustic DJ. If you can do it with just acoustic means, you know, let's go on a rowing boat out there in the middle of the bay and let's start playing something. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the way it is. The other one, it's just me, they're having fun, they make a lot of money out of that. And these guys, they, they probably, okay, people believe that is music. The real musicians are making hardly any money. But it's happened since the beginning of times, so this. It's always been like that. Yeah, I, I guess it's the, uh, the, the commercial side of music. That's where all the money is. Yeah, well, I don't call it music, but you, you said music, but it's, it's sounds or whatever. Music is something you can do with an acoustic instrument. Let's put it like that, so I don't get into further trouble. The other ones, okay, you may call it what you want, but I don't call it that. So if you have a synthesizer, you wouldn't call that music? Well, if you're doing it right at the moment, I, yeah, but you have to be able to do it without the electrics as well. I don't particularly like much the sound of it. Anyway. And, all, and this, this beat that always, it's always the same beat, boom ba boom ba boom ba boom ba boom ba I think that that's terrible. That's great to dance to, though. But you haven't danced to anything else, I guess. <laughs> dance to some real music, you, you get a different feeling altogether. I, Oh, but you, you have to take a lot of drugs to, get, to dance with that music or what? Most people do, I think. Yeah, it's the kind of uh, enhances the, the experience. So then uh, already that, that's, already, that's already lost on me. Mm -hmm. That's fair enough. Uh, but don't worry, they'll Everyone's get rid of me soon enough. You. you know, they're, they're probably, I'll be dead and buried. You keep on making your electronic music. No problem. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> but apart from that scene... Um, is there any other good music going on on the island? Oh, there's lots of good musicians here. But the, the problem maybe is that there's not that many places where they can perform. Mm. So you'd probably find a lot of them, they just play very little or they play at home or they don't really do much outside. Or when they play, they play commercial music just you know to make a living or something. Yeah, well, there's lots of good musicians here, yeah, sure. Yeah, I've spoken to some musicians who say that the it's very restricted where you can perform these days. The regulations are very tough. Well, that's mostly if you make a lot of noise, but what's the object of music in the end? Real music. The musician, what he does is he... The music goes through him. He just channels, exactly. He channels the music. Through his practice, the more you practice, the more ability you have. The less you practice, well, then it's very limited, but still good. Yeah, I mean, Jolly Hooker, he, he played very limited range of notes, and he, he made hundreds of records, and uh, they're all good. They sound pretty much the same in a way, but then, yeah, but it's good. I like it. So you channel this music, and, it, and it, to the person listening benefits from from that you know from the music that's being channeled and also the the, the player you know in a, in a way the player is just like an instrument and the music is played through him and music is like it's for me it's like the the original philosophy of life because it's vibration what was the story um the waters were still and there was darkness and then there was the the voice of what was it the voice of god moved over the waters that's vibration. And he said, that, that, that'd be light, you know. But first it was said, you know, it's like, whoop, and then came the light. So you've got the vibration, sets off motion. So all the, a real musician, what he, he's dealing with this is, is a very primal and essential energy, which is a creative energy. And being a creative energy is also something that never ceases to surprise you, you know, because it's... That's what creation is about. It has freedom in it as well, you know, because you can't, you can't create unless you're free. So you have to transcend boundaries and there's discovery in it. And it's a, a very human thing as well. It's an aptitude. It's a very, very human. It, it describes what a human being is, actually. If you can't play it, you can listen to it. You benefit just the same. Well, I was going to say that... that I listen to what I play. Yeah, <laughs> that's true, you have to. No, no, you don't have to, but you do. <laughs> While you're playing it, I suppose. But I, I, was, I was just going to say, as, a, as a, the, the audience, it's, a, it's an amazing way to communicate with the, with the musician, just, the way, just by receiving the, the vibrations and the music.
it, it does really enter your yeah because the musician is just channeling and he's listening what's coming through at the same time he's just under practice to be able to do that the other guy that's listening he has probably hasn't done anything so he doesn't have the the ability but you know i can give him an instrument like this you know and in in five minutes you'll be doing it with one note one note is enough and probably the guys will tell you hey but how only one string what can i do what what no just do one note well you, you don't need more well i'll teach you how to play the guitar if you want <laughs> i can play it very uh, primitive but you'll have level. to learn how to tune first i think i can tune my guitar but it's always going out of tune i think i need to i thought i bought some cheap strings on the internet and i don't think i should have done that well you could you probably haven't wired them on properly either that's true what kind of strings Metal or, they're, they're not, or they're, nylon? They're nylon strings. Oh, they go out of tune a lot before they get stay in tune, huh? Right. Nylon strings. Yeah. And you have to put them around really properly, huh? I better try again. When you put them here, you have to. They have to go in once and then twice. And then when you tune it, and when it's in tune, then you stretch it, mm -hmm. and then tune it again, and then stretch it, ah. and then tune it again. Okay. And then eventually, it'll stay in tune. How would you change Ibiza for the better, if you were in charge of Ibiza? <laughs> yeah, let's say, I'd say that like the, the main cancer here is, is the, all this party scene and all these discotheques and DJ scene, all that. You get rid of all that, yeah, it would be a, quite a good change. Eh? We'd come back to what it used to be in the 60s, 70s, mm. which was okay for a while. It didn't last very long. So you would allow tourism, but not the electronic music scene. No, that, that, it's, that it has only brought in uh, a whole lot of hard drugs and prostitution and violence and, and alcohol and it's, it's made it all worse in the end. Much worse. But, you know, that's evolution. Is it? I don't know. That's life. You asked me if I could change it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd get rid of all of that. Yes. And then you'd, in one week, you'd start to see the change. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Don't worry. I, don't I have no influence at all, people. None at all. <laughs> they're going to cut down the trees. And they're going to build the roads. They're going to finish with the water. They're going to they're going to destroy the whole place if they can. Do you, Do you feel optimistic at all? For the future. Yeah, sure. The future. <laughs> Discovering life, that's what makes you optimistic. Yeah. The rest is just a game, I guess, you know. It was a very nice place here. It was beautiful. But things have changed so much. But let's say that you can create little oases. Well, if there's enough people that think the same way, you can create something different. I mean, there's a lot of people who don't like the uh, dance music scene who would... But that, it overpowers everything that. else. All the, it's a big business. It's money. And money is like the, one of the, you know, the basic elements of, of, of what? Uh, fire, water, uh, earth, ether, and uh, yeah. air. Right. So, and then man has invented another one, money. It wants to overpower everything else. <laughs> well, you, you certainly... Um this place that, you, that you're living in is so idyllic. It doesn't feel like there's been much change here in the no, last 30 years. Because, and then it has, fortunately, a few years ago, it was declared a um, protected area. I mean, no, no matter how many battles you fight and how many people you kill, you're never going to fix the world. Not that way. Well, love, love is the answer, I think. Well, if you know what love is, that, that's for, uh, first you have to find out what love is. When you know what love is, you tell me. It's easy to say words. Mm. Sometimes it's just a word, you know, it's a funky word, but it's, you know, real love uh, basically is something that it's like giving without expecting anything back at all. I'm probably not getting it. It would be like, are you, are you ready to just channel love and that's it? and be treated like a miserable dog out in the street, you know, be kicked around. No, it doesn't have to be that way, yeah? Mm. I mean, you can avoid that, yeah? We have to hang on to our egos, I guess. Oh, it's necessary. You're it's all a joke. 
Don't believe a word. <laughs> However, words are just words. Come on, it's what what's left after after the words. You know, that's why, like like in poetry, when we read poetry, or like in music, you can't really catch it. That's why people start to record and catch everything and hold things. You know, but you never really can have anything. In the end, you die and you cannot take anything with that. So what what you can really appreciate from, from a conversation, for example, is the feeling that you get mm. afterwards. What have we said? I don't know. We've said, yeah, because you recorded it, you'll remember more than I will. But uh, <laughs> it's the feeling that you get, it's the vibe, right? And the music, the same thing. Music is even more complicated because how are you going to describe the music you heard? You can't. Even if you're an incredible musician that can, you know, can knows exactly the notes that are being this guy is playing, which probably you know, two or three people in the whole world can listen to music like that. But who can? You know, it's, that's not that's not the object, no. I mean, you you listen to music and you either think, oh, this is you fall asleep because it's very boring, or it's terrible, you run away because it's so out of tune and and you don't not interested in that. Or it's something that catches you and says, wow, something is happening here and, and compels you to listen, you know. It's, because it's real, real music, it just comes through this, this and compels you to listen. And not, by memory, not, not because the guy's playing his greatest hits. That's another thing altogether. Because, you know, these guys come out and play satisfaction for the, the thousand and five or fifth time in their life, you know. But it's... It's what people want to hear. They want to hear. It's what they give them, right? Well, for me, well, the, the Rolling Stones could come out and play something completely different. For me, the best music—it just leaves you with a feeling of something: happiness, energy. sadness, energy, emotion. Energizes you, right? It mm. gives you energy. Mm. When and when you've played good music, uh, especially. That's my way of thinking, but especially if you play music without any drugs or drinks or st stimulations or any kind like that, you're energized and you move on. You know, um, when when you're using drugs, in the end, it, you you're wiped out. It take it drains the energy out of you, and then you need more of that, and then more and more and more. And eventually, you get so used to that you can't play without it. And it's not that great. The mu I mean, probably the musician who plays really great music on drugs he's probably a wonderful musician and when he stops playing and using the drugs he's going to be an incredible musician have we got any more in instruments to show me um do i have any more but the, of the ones i've made yeah what wait a minute uh, oh here, there's another one here this one ancient flute in the world, the Egyptian flute it's called. nothing see it's just a hole it's just that yeah this is the most ancient flute in the world is this it's called the nai 
And Egypt, the Egyptian flute. So, do you have to use your tongue to... to no, 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 you just... You just blow here. Mm. Like a, like you're blowing in a bottle. The vibration, oh I see, yeah, like you're blowing across it. In a way like that, yeah. more or less. Well, could you play me a tune on your guitar, play me a tune on your guitar before I go? A tune. What sort of guitar have you got? Uh, Looks like a nice guitar. Yeah, it's a good guitar. It's made here in Spain, this one. It's a nice guitar. It's a big guitar. Big, eh? Looks big. The guitar is such a versatile instrument, isn't it? Yeah, it's a fantastic instrument. It's one of the greatest inventions ever. said I don't want to sing them that was yeah. so uh, interesting blues some of them but you know some, some it's a lot of rubbish but who cares well a lot of it's of its age isn't it you know the no it depends on who wrote it but, you know, like this guy Willie Dixon for example he wrote pretty good lyrics all the time and that one we was listening when you came in Mother Earth don't care how big you are, when it all is up, you gotta go back to Mother Earth. 
Yeah, that kind of lyrics like that. I, I don't nice. mind singing those. Or Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan, he has got a lot of good stuff. Do you like T-Bone Walker? T-Bone Walker, yeah. yeah. You like T-Bone Walker? I've got an album. <laughs> T-Bone Walker, that's, that's just very, very nice. <laughs> every day, every day I have the blues. B.B. King I like better. Okay, yeah. But the old B.B. King. Mm. You remember the first one of the first albums when he played that, like this song or stuff like that? Yeah. That's really great stuff. Yeah. Very it's got a soaring voice. Powerful. The, the guitar, the, the, it sounded when at the beginning he had a really incredible sound in it. Mm. And then sure. he changed his sound. It was, it was, the sound that he wrote of his first records was really good on that guitar. Very interesting. I like Eric Clapton. Cream is my favorite of the band, actually. Okay. Layla. No, that Layla, that's later. I, Layla, I don't, I don't get off so much on that stuff. Dark and the Dominoes. Right? Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, but I, I prefer the other stuff. I don't know. Can Heat, you remember Can Heat? You must have heard that song on the road again. Yeah, that's Can that, is it? Great band. Do you like bands like Led Zeppelin? No, Led Zeppelin I think are terrible, I don't like them. Most of these bands, like the first album was pretty good, but Led Zeppelin I never really, I don't, I don't, I don't get off on, the singer I don't like mm -hmm. how he sings. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's got a better voice now than he had before actually. Actually, the best band I've seen live is probably the best I've seen was a Jolly Hooker, that was when I was like 16, I saw him and he was really, his prime is very good. I saw Miles Davis, the, he was terrible but the band was good. And then one of the best concerts I saw was Bob Dylan, playing with uh, Mick Taylor on the guitar. And part of the Small Faces with the, with the guys that were playing on the band. At one point they started destroying the music, the, the, the people that the do the sounds. They destroy the music of the musicians because they think they can do the, the music, you know, by manipulating stuff. Back in the old days, you just had the amplifiers behind you and the speakers, and that was it. And you knew what you were listening, you were hearing, that was what was coming out. And that was it. And I heard a lot of bands like that. Yeah, I remember so in England, I saw Alexis Corner, you know, Alexis Corner. He's the grandfather, you know, the, the, the father of the blues is John Mayle, the grandfather is Alexis Corner. Actually, the best concert of sound-wise I ever heard was Emerson, Lake and Palmer. These guys, they knew what they were doing because if they had just played like straight on like that, it would, it would have sounded bad. So they didn't play very loud, but they had speakers all around the hall. So you could hear the music coming from around you and it was great. I mean, fantastic. I don't well, think music was made for these big crowds. Do you ever go to big concerts like that? Well, Glastonbury Festival. And what's yeah. the sound like? Honestly. It, it varies. It varies. If, if, if you're on the main stage... Is it like you're listening to a record? Well, I, I saw the Rolling Stones play and I was very moved by that. But Be some people in the Because audience, they were the Rolling Stones. Maybe. But some people couldn't hear it at all because some of the speakers weren't working. So it's just a matter of hit and miss, it's a bit hit and miss, depending on your yeah, position. Yeah, but the quality the of the sound. Well, it sounded good to me. You could hear everything clearly, and it wasn't like... Yeah, maybe the, uh, they've got the best. Yeah, the Rolling Stones have to have the best. You're right, often it's, uh, it's, not, it's not that great. Well, I've heard people who, who, who in their time saw Jimi Hendrix, and, okay, he played great, 
but he's honestly it, you, it was deafening and you could hardly hear anything else but but if you could hear his guitar on top of all the noise that was incredible already the bass player and the drummers you couldn't hear a thing it was just like that was when he got all these big amplifiers and stuff. At the very beginning, it must have been great when he had only like a couple of amplifiers and that's it. Yeah. And then it's okay. Good. I yeah. do wear earplugs usually. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Which does sort of defeat the objects of listening to music. I mean, I it's a, volume is something that, you know, if you, you can take the music to a certain volume, but you can't keep it there. You have to go down, mm. up and, you know, very a bit. If you keep it at a high level of volume, you can't hear a thing. The, the dynamics in music is important, and silence to leave spaces. So now, now there's like a barrage of sound. It's uh, it's noise. To me, yeah. But that's just my my humble opinion. Dire Straits, I like. Oh, I love them. That was a uh, music was in terrible bad shape when Dire Straits appeared. And it was like, wow, what is this? You know, fantastic. The first album, second, third. They're all good, actually. But like those very primitive sounding, ah, it was great, man. Mundo, you have to listen. It's orchestral music, mostly. Why? This guy was blind. Uh, in the 40s, 50s, he used to, they called him the Viking of, new, of uh, 52nd Street or something like this in New York. And he would just... Uh, stand in a corner dressed like a Viking and he had really long hair and long beard, white beard, I guess. And um, I'll show you a picture of him. And he plays this amazing orchestral music. But when he was in the street, of course, he was he made his own instruments and stuff and played flutes and songs. And there was this guy that passed around and he saw him and he heard him. He says, well, it's very interesting stuff. And, he's, and finally he got to know him and he said, he's got... He's, I've got orchestral pieces written down. I said, really? Yeah, let me, can we see them? And he had written down in Braille. Mm -hmm. They're all written down in Braille. And then they took him to a studio, and it's these amazing compositions. It's like classical music, but they don't last more than three or four minutes sometimes, you know? What about, what about Captain Beefheart? Sorry? Captain Beefheart? Captain Beefheart, you know, I like his first album. With Ray Cooler, mm -hmm. uh, Safe as Milk. I like that one. The other stuff is a bit okay, but uh, a bit more difficult to listen to sometimes. A lot of that's the thing that happens to a lot of these guys. It, their first albums were very good, and then it's always the struggle. The second album, so they say. Well, that didn't happen to Hendrix. Hendrix he did a brilliant first album and all those singles, and then he did Axis Boulder's Love, which was great, and then Electric Ladyland which most of it is good, but then you can already start seeing an electric lady and he's kind of wavering away. But That's heresy to say that, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but it's the truth. Eh? But he, he lost his producer by then, that was, which was Chas Chandler. Oh, okay. And the, because Chas Chandler used to, he was the guy that was playing bass with the animals. Right. So when, when they were in a studio together, Chess Chandler, you know, he was he had that limit of time to be able to record whatever it was, and the records couldn't last more than like two and a half or three minutes. So the style, the guy started playing like these eternal solos. No, no, forget it. You've got from here to here to do a nice solo. That's it. When you do little, just um, color your music in a certain way, do the right things, not more than that's. You want to hear it again, you know? Not everybody can play a 15-minute solo. You don't get away with it. One more yacht than Cavalry, the human jay, the This 
haunting song was recorded in San Jose in the 1950s in Ibiza. It's called Bon Amor Jo et Venk Aver, which roughly translates as Good Love, I'll Come See You. It's part of the Alan Lomax collection at the American Folklife Centre in the Library of Congress. It's used courtesy of the Association for Cultural Equity. Thank you.